Well, throughout history, <clears throat> many teachers, philosophers have presented different ideas, different understandings, but they all point to one thing. <clears throat> the one point of direction that they always give is to go within. Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, go within and know thyself, be true to thyself, be that which is true. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all else shall be given to you, or seek first God and all else shall be given unto you. Ruby said, wake up, wake up, and know the truth of who you are. Wake up, for you are in a dream, and the dream is not true, but there is more to you than you know. And it goes on and on and on. We walk through this planet, we walk through these lifetimes looking for something, looking to find that which will make us joyful, happy, fulfilled, loved. And we look and we look and we look and very few ever find it. What is it we're really searching for? Is it out in the world? Is it with another person? Is it in possessions? We don't even know. We walk around day by day, hour by hour, looking, 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 trying to find it. What could it be? Where does it lie? When am I ever going to find it, discover it, dig it up, bring it out? And yet all the teachers have said is within. It's not in the world. That which we are really searching for to fulfill ourselves and to be filled up with what it is we're feeling that we are missing isn't of this physical nature. It's not matter. It's not of this creation. It truly is spirit in nature. And that's what's important to remember. The true you is spirit. It's soul. It's not this body. This body is just an instrument that we take on to have experience in this creation. But it's not who we are. And yet we act like this is who we are and this is what we've got to fulfill. If we can take and give time every day to that quest, to that search, to find what truly is that we want, that we are looking for, that is going to fulfill us. And if we would take time every day and just sit down and do as has been directed, go within. Go within and look within to see what really is true, 
what really lies within. Most people won't do it, though. And I can understand why. I've done it myself. I've sat there looking within, especially when I first started this journey. And there are things inside there that we're afraid to look at. We don't want to have to deal with. Our judgments, our fears, our angers, our frustrations, and so much more that we have buried inside of us, trying not to have to deal with it, not to have to look at it. And yet God says, these teachers say that it lies within I found that when I started doing the meditation practice, going within daily, that I had to look at myself. And that's the one thing most people don't want to do, is to really, truly take a look at who they really are. And in that first look, it can be kind of challenging, frightening, or whatever it might be. But all we're looking at at that moment is just the illusion that we've created about ourselves and the things that we're trying to hide from ourselves and from others that we bury behind a facade, a false face, a false illusion of who we are that we put out before everybody. But if you can go and sit down and go within and look and look past all that, you're going to begin to see that which you have longed for for so long. True loving, peace, joy, clarity, understanding, direction, purpose, creativity, power, ability. You're going to find something that is quite wonderful, unique, and precious. And precious isn't that little gold ring that everybody was chasing after in a movie. Precious is something that is inside of you that we all are looking for. And truly it is precious when we find it. And what that is is finding the soul, connecting to the truth of who we really are, what gives life to this body? When this body takes its last breath and the soul withdraws, it can't move itself. It cannot think. It cannot feel. It is inanimate. It's frozen. Because that which has given it expression and life, vitality, is gone. That's the soul. The soul feeds life into this body. The soul gives it energy, dynamics. It gives it awareness. It gives it the ability to think and to feel and to imagine. But the moment that the soul withdraws from here, the body can do nothing. And it's taken 
and it's buried or it's taken and burned like a piece of wood would be burned. And even in the, in the Bible it says, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And truly these bodies are made of the materials of this world. The ashes and the dust of this world is what makes this physical body up. And this physical body will return to its original state, its original source, which is the earth, into the world it shall go. But you, that which gives life to your body, you is so precious and so dynamic and so wonderful. And it continues on. It's here for a time, but then it goes on to that another experience, another part of its journey. It's eternal. This body is not. When you were a child, a fetus in the body of your mother, your mother was breathing for you, eating for you, and giving life to the body that you are now today in this world. It wasn't until you were born that you came out of your mother and you took your first breath that you, the soul, inhabited the body. You came into the body at the first breath and you leave the body at the last. And that's how it works in this world. Wouldn't it be wonderful to not just know who you are as this physical body, but rather to know who you are as a soul, to know the truth of who you are. That's what you're longing for. That is what you crave. And that's not found in the world because it is not of this world. You are spirit. You are soul. God created you, not this world. God created you of the essence of his own being, which is loving. I often say that who you are is the living, loving essence of the Lord. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. That's who you are as soul. Remember that. Know that. Experience that, and you will have the fulfillment that you are longing for. You are precious, because in God's eyes, you are precious. You are an essence and a manifestation of God's loving, that he has sent forth into all of his creation to have experience of God's creation and to bring loving into every part of it. And when you begin to connect to the truth of who you are as soul and begin to live that loving, feel that loving, be that loving, you have a fulfillment in your life that you have never had before. And that's found by going within. Seek first God. God dwells right here. 
The first experience of God that we're going to have is within ourselves. Here is the seat of the soul. That divine spark of your soul resides right here. And it feeds life into the body and keeps it alive as long as it's here. When you took the first breath, the soul was seated and said, okay, here we go. A new life, new body, new experiences. Let's go for it. And at the last breath, the soul departs. Who is that that is seated here giving life to this body? And what does the soul that is you in this body really want to fulfill in this world? Why are you here? What is it you long to really do to complete yourself, to fulfill yourself? Is it to drive to work every day and do your work and come home and cook meals and have a family and watch the family grow up and off they go and then there you are and is that the fulfillment? I don't really think so. There's wonderful times and moments of fulfillment in all of that, but it isn't the fulfillment that we are all looking for. We are looking for that peace and that loving to know that we're really loved and to really be able to be loving. The only thing that is true loving in creation is God. God is the living, loving essence. And it's out of loving that God created all of this. And it is out of loving that God created you. And God created the loving that is you to go forward and to fulfill itself in expression, in experience, in all of God's creations. And there's many of them more than this, believe me. And it is for us to go out and love God in everything, to see God in everything and in everyone and to share that loving with them. With the dogs, with the cats, with the fish, with the birds, with the plants, with the dirt, with the rock, and definitely with other people. And to truly fulfill God's loving in that way. That's who we are. And that's what God wants us to become. But unfortunately, when we got into these bodies, these bodies had components to it that aren't of the soul. We have a mind. Would it just shut up for a moment, please? We have emotions, which are ever pulling us apart. I want, no, I don't. I want this, no, I don't. Back and forth we go. I want this person, I want that person, I want this job, I want that career, I want, I want, I want. The emotions are ever 
swinging back and forth in polarity, positive and negative, yes and no. And then there's the imagination. The imagination is a wonderful tool if we know how to use it. And it is a, one, uh, a terrible villain if we just let it run rampant. It's like a kid in a tantrum. Sometimes you want to just say, would you shut up for a minute? Let me have some peace. Stop pushing me around all the time. I don't need that. I don't have to do that. But your imagination tells you otherwise. And then we have a physical body. With all that that's all about. But you are soul. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. And if you can take some time and just sit and close your eyes and let go of the body, the imagination, the emotions, the mind for just a little while, just a few minutes, you can begin to sense and know the truth of who you really are as a divine being, as the living, loving essence of God. And begin to allow that truth of who you are to begin to live in you and through you in a dynamic way that it never has been able to do up until that point. That's what we're really here to do, to fulfill ourselves as a spiritual being, even in the midst of this physical creation, to fulfill ourselves. Why did we first come down here? Because this is a part of God's creation, and God sent us into this creation to have experience here, to find the power of creativity and loving and all that this creation holds and to fulfill ourselves at this level and then return home to God with the knowing of that experiential journey that we had here and that we fulfilled ourselves in here and that's how God comes to know this part of its creation we are that which is God reaching out into all of life to have experience. We are the experiential action of God. Honor your life. Love your life. Love that life that is you in this body. Love the life that is in everyone and everything in this creation. Do you know that this wall is God? This chair is made up of God. Everything, everything, everything is God in manifestation. But this part of God and this part of God is still in an unaware state of itself. It is in a journey of itself coming into the knowing of itself. Some people call it evolution. 
Some people call it waking up. There's a lot of different terms used for it. All I say is just love and honor God in all that there is. Because God is everywhere and everything. Without God, none of us and none of this would exist. And it's all made out of the loving essence of God. If you can begin to discover and connect to that place in you that is the loving essence of God that is you, and begin to live that loving essence out into the world, you will see the world in a very different way, and you will see people in a very different way. Because you will see the loving that is there in everyone. And you'll see a lot of the loving that is suppressed, withheld, lives in fear because of what the mind, the emotions, the imagination has done to it. Creating barriers and boundaries and belief systems that hold it in a very tight, confined place inside. But you will also see true loving. Where I have found it the most is in the plant kingdom. The plant kingdom is filled with loving. I remember one day I had just started a job, one of my first jobs after getting out of high school. And I was driving to work, and uh, it was springtime, and all the trees were blooming. I was living in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm driving through a park to get to where I work. And I'm just looking at all the beauty of the plants, and I'm just, you know, thanking life, because I've already connected into that loving, and I'm Loving the loving of God that I'm seeing in all the plants, all the trees in the forest as I'm driving along. And all of a sudden, as I'm thanking them and loving them and appreciating them, all of a sudden I see their essence. I don't necessarily see them as a tree physical, but the essence of them bowing to me just as I was bowing to them. And their love just came flowing into me as I drove on down the road. That's a wonderful experience to have. That's where you find the fulfillment that you are longing for. To truly be loved by something as you are loving it. Have you ever had somebody in your life that you wanted them to love you so much. Just love me. Please just love me. And they're going, I love you. Don't you get it? I love you. I do all these things for you. I come home. I want to be with you. I love you. Can't you hear me? Well, I don't feel it. I, I, I It's not doing anything for me. I, I've got to have... Your love fill me up. It's not filling me up. The key is 
You cannot receive loving from another until you love yourself. You have to love yourself first. Then you can partake of their loving and share loving with them. And if they're in their loving, they can receive your loving too. And then you have a relationship of fulfillment. But it starts with you loving yourself. I hate to keep referring to the Bible, but there's a statement in the Bible that is vital to this teaching. And that is, love thy neighbor as thyself. Isn't that called the golden rule? Love thy neighbor as you love thyself. Guess what people get caught up on in that statement? Got to love your neighbor. I've got to love them? Are you kidding me? He just cut my tree down. I'm not going to love him. The real key statement there is to love thyself, to be able to love thy neighbor. And most people don't realize that's what true spiritual pathways are about. I'm not going to call it religion because religion is another thing of the mind. But its spiritual pathway is a pathway of awakening, a pathway of awakening into that which is truly knowing the divine within ourselves and of loving ourselves so that we can love our neighbor. And if we can wake up and be truly in that loving essence of our own soul and know that, we then can receive the loving from others and be fulfilled in the process of giving and receiving of love. Giving and receiving of love. That's who we are. And that's what we're here to do. God created the soul for one thing. Because God is a loving being. And God wants loving to be in action. And so God needed something to love. To keep that loving in action. And to love God. So he created soul. And he put that soul there so that God could love the soul and soul could love God. And that movement and action of loving could begin and continue. And it's for us to do the same, to love the God in all things. Love God from here, love God from here, love God. Just let the loving flow. And don't expect anything in return. Just love them. Love God. Love God in your neighbors. Love God in your family. Love God in your plants. Love God in your pets. Love God. And you will find that the loving will come back to you and fulfill you and fill you in a way that you will not have in the world if you're not living in that action of the divine flow of loving. On this pathway, we ask you to do just one thing, and that is to sit every day in meditation, holding the focus of loving, closing your eyes and loving the Lord that dwells here and loving the Lord that lives in all of creation. 
and just share your loving with God. And just say, Lord, I love you. I am here and I am in loving with you. And I open to receive your loving. And let God's loving in. And love God and let God's loving in. And just enter into that movement of loving. Rumi called it the river of loving, the divine flow of life, living in the river of loving, the giving and receiving, being ever caught up in the current of that divine movement. That's what life is really all about. The challenge for most everyone is that this body is ever looking out into its own creation that it is a part of. We are not a part of this physical creation. We came out of spirit to experience in the physical. And so we took on a body to have a means by which to experience here because the spirit is a spirit. And it can't touch and feel and hit at and grab a hold of and hug that which is a physical matter. So it needed a physical body to do that. And the challenge with that is, when we came out of the realms of spirit, we came out of a place of oneness. 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 And there's no way to put that into words of what that really is. You've got to go in and find out what that oneness really is. It's really loving. But again, until you really have experienced it, it's just a word. But it comes out of oneness into the mind, into the capacity of understanding at this level. And what this world is, is a duality. Soul is one. Spirit is one. God is one. Loving is one. But this physical creation is polarity. It's positive and negative in nature. It's not one. It's split. And so we come down here and we end up coming out of the mind or into the mind and looking down through the mind into the world. And we look out with two eyes, positive and negative, polarity. Two, 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 two hands, two feet. It's a world of polarity, and we get caught up in that. What we want to do is to let go for a minute of getting be, being bound into the world of duality and pull our attention above the mind, above the eyebrows, center, and get caught back up in where the oneness resides right here in this creation, right here at the seat of the soul. I and the Father are one. That is true for all of us. All of us are one in God. Right now, even though you may not know it or believe it or care about it, it's true. And it is not just a possibility, it is an inevitability that you one day will know that truth for yourself. Because God is calling you home. Just as God called you out into the world to have experience, 
God is also calling you home at the very same time. Okay, don't stay too long. Come back. He called you out. Now he's calling you back home. That's what you're feeling the longing of. That's what you're feeling the pull of. God is calling you to come back now. Isn't that called the journey of the prodigal son? The son went out from God's presence into the creation to have experience. And God is ever calling for the prodigal son to come home. And waiting to prepare a feast for that day when the child does come back. So if you have a longing, if you have a pull, if you have an emptiness that you're trying to fill inside yourself, you're hearing God's voice in some manner or other and responding to it as a longing. Something is pulling you. Something is calling you. God, if I just knew what that was. I know a lady who got three major degrees. She became a medical doctor because of that longing. She became a lawyer and worked at the DA's office in Washington, D.C. for a number of years, trying to fulfill that longing. And then she became a mother. And on her first pregnancy, she had triplets. (laughs) And she thought, this is where I'm going to find the fulfillment. Well, nope, it didn't happen. But then she sat down and started doing the meditation. She heard about this pathway. She started doing the meditation. And she found fulfillment. Because she found the loving that resides here that she was longing for for so, so long. But she had just missed to find it. And nobody ever made it clear to her. Ministers, rabbis talk about it in church. I know that because I started searching for this at five years old, and I thought, well, I'll go to a church and I'll find out what it's all about. Because I knew it had to do with God. But then I would go up and I would ask, and I went to a synagogue, church, I went every place that I could possibly go. And I would ask them, about different things that were in me that I wanted to understand about God. And I was at a Methodist church one day. I was probably about seven or eight years old. And this minister got up and gave the sermon that I was looking for. I thought, oh my God, he understands it. I went up to a Baptist minister when I was five, when I first started going, because I went to all the different churches My parents were crazy, you know, trying to get me to figure out what I was doing. But they would drop me off and pick me up. They wouldn't go. But they would drop me off. (laughs) And so I went up and I asked the Baptist minister a couple of questions. And he just, like, looked at me and he said, you don't belong at this church. You you find your parents and tell them to go home. (laughs) Take you home. So, but this minister at the Methodist Church gave such a wonderful talk and it just was saying things that made me think he really knew 
through his own experience. And I went up and I started asking him questions. And he said, did your parents put you up to this? Why are you coming up with these kind of questions for me? And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm really trying to understand something about God. And I think you understand by what you said. And so he said, well, wait, wait just a minute. And he finished up with all of the parishioners leaving, goodbye, goodbye. And so finally he came back and got me out of the pew. And, and we went to his office and we sat down and he said, so it's because of what I said to you that you think I know all that you want to know, right? I said, yeah, I think you do. And he goes, I hate to disappoint you, but my sermon came out of this book. And I just know how to read real well and make it sound like it's my own, but it's not. I go through and I pull pieces of this sermon and pull pieces of that sermon until I have a sermon that I feel is a good one for the congregation. But it doesn't mean that I know it all or that I've experienced everything that's been written there. He said, if I were to write what I have experienced, it'd be two paragraphs long and not very meaningful. He said, I'm still looking. So he said, I'm not, I'm not the man for you. I'm not your answers. He said, if you want to take this book and learn how to read and read it, I'll give it to you. I can go buy another. But I, I said, no, I, I want somebody who is living it. I don't want to read about it. And so I kept looking. And I looked and looked and looked. All the time I was having inner experiences in my prayers that I would say, which was really a meditation practice. I just didn't know it. But I was looking. And you all have been looking too, from childhood on. You have longed for something, you have looked for something, you have wanted for something. And now it's time to stop looking and start doing. Take action in your life. The universe rewards action. So why not take action? Why not do something for yourself? She's headed off to a uh, memorial service for a friend of hers. So she's out going to do that. But why not go ahead and start the journey today and find out? Find out if this is what you want. Do some meditation every day. Look inside and just share your loving with God and open. Oh my gosh, are you worthy? Are you worthy of God's loving? Yes, you are. But you may have to work through some things inside yourself to know it to be true for yourself. But why not start now? Sitting down and just spending some time every day focusing inside, waking up to that inner light, that beautiful light of the soul that is you. See if you don't see the blue, the purple, the white and the gold of the living essence of the Lord in you. As it begins to radiate forth its brilliance for you to wake up to inside. It's not dark. It's not scary. It's not awful inside there. 
It's absolutely beautiful. And you can witness that beauty. And you can live in that beauty. And you can journey into all the different realms of God's creation. All the teachers have talked about all the different realms. Paul even said, I met a man. I know not where he is from other than he was from the third heaven. And he comes and visits me often and shares with me so many things about God and his creation. Well, the third heaven, that's the third realm of our journey in this meditation. You have the astral, which is the imaginational worlds. You have the causal, which is emotional. You have the mental, which is the mind. You have the etheric, which is the void or the unconscious. And then you have the soul right here. He had met a man who was of the third realm, the third heaven, the realm of the mind. I want to meet and greet and be with those that are of the soul. And I do. I was very blessed. I had a very blessed childhood. I stayed awake. Many of you may remember that as a child, you were awake. You saw angels. You saw lights and colors. You heard voices speaking to you phrases of loving. You knew the presence of God in you and then things around you. You knew it. But then it kind of closed off and you got caught up in the world. Well, God forgot to close my package. <laughs> he left me open. Oftentimes we close off to that inner beauty and that wonder and knowing because we need to stay focused here to have experience in the world. And believe me, as you get older and you are still aware of the beauty of God's creations beyond this one, there's a part of you that will say, what am I here for? I don't want to be here. And you won't even do what you came to fulfill in this creation, in this lifetime. You will just be lost in other worlds. And for a little while, I was. I was just in awe as I was growing up. And I didn't have a lot of relationships in the world because I was living in my relationships with God and teachers inside. But it was a blessing to be able to maintain that closeness and that connection and that flow of loving with God as I made my way through this world. And I know now that that happened so that I could share with others what they are looking for, what they are longing for, what they have forgotten. When I gave my very first talk at the age of 18 to a a group of people and I stood there and I said I can't tell you anything you don't already know 
but I can help you to remember what you have forgotten. And that's what I do. And you've forgotten a lot. But I'll tell you what, you can remember very quickly if you make the connection inside. It all just floods in. It's just waiting for you to look inside. It's just waiting for you to begin to love God and allow God to love you so that you can live in that loving once again. It is just waiting. And God is so patient. Lifetime after lifetime. I'm waiting. Hello? Anybody there? <laughs> God knows that there's a lifetime in which you're going to be ready to go home. Like one man said in our group, I've ridden all the rides. Now I want to leave the park and go home. Well, you've ridden all the rides, I can guarantee that. You've probably ridden them till you're absolutely sick of them. But unfortunately, you still have a wad of tickets in your hand, and the world's going, you got to use them up, got to use them up, can't leave till you use them up. Well, the nice thing is, in this meditation, God shows you how to let go of those tickets so the world can't demand of you of anything. And you don't have to ride the rides anymore, even while you're in the body. And you can go on home and have experience of God, even while you're in the body. And when you take your last breath, guess what? You know where you're going. You know where you came from. And you go consciously on your journey of return back to God. And you don't stop along the way. There's all kinds of different things to see. But believe me, you've ridden those rides too. There's no need to stop along the way. You just take, take the straight and narrow path back home to God. And you'll know how to do it because you've done it again and again and again by loving God and letting God love you. That loving lays on a pathway that you can journey on daily to have that union with God. And it's not going to all be perfect. As long as you got a body, hey, guess what? <laughs> it's not going to be perfect. You're in an imperfect creation and you're in an imperfect vehicle. But you know the perfection of who you are and you know where that perfection is going to go to when you do take the last breath. You leave this creation, you leave this body, you leave, and you go back into the oneness once again, and then you don't have to come back down here anymore. Now, at that point, somebody in the group will often say, well, wait, wait, what if I want to come back? Believe me, once you've really gone into the oneness, I can guarantee you won't want to come back you won't want to come back. But you've got to go find out for yourself. Until then, yeah, you can come back. If you really got the longing to be back here, you'll come back. But what we want is for you to let go of your attachments in this creation, let go of the longing for this creation, and attach yourself to God. 
attach yourself to that place that is home eternal for you so that when you leave you go to where you're attached I've witnessed when people have died because I've helped people in the process in their soul's journey I've witnessed people turn and look down at her poodle or his cat well actually he had three cats at their cat his cats and get lost up and oh I can't leave them what's going to happen to them and it just pulls them right back into the world again it's lovely to have things in the world that you love your family your children your pets your money whatever but don't have such an attachment to it that it can pull you back into the world again when you could go back home from which you came. You are a spirit. You are a soul. Yeah, through reincarnation. That's the key here, is to really connect to God, connect into the oneness, so that when you do leave here, you return to that which you came from. This is not home. This is not your creation. And this is definitely not eternal. There's a finiteness to this creation. I don't want to live in a creation that has a beginning and an end. I want to live in a place that is one and forevermore. I'm looking for that place where they live happily ever after. <laughs> but it's not a fairy tale. It's the truth. 